So today I would like to um, touch on a subject of personality development and um, the subject of personality development I'm looking at today is the um, psychoanalytical approach to personality development. Hello and welcome to Dumi's Daily Grind. My name is Dumi and thank you so much for joining me today. Here I talk about issues related to sobriety, mental health issues, spirituality and my experiences generally when it comes to other topics such as mental health and um, in general I cover general topics that are related to life and how we experience life from the perspectives of psychologists, addicts um, and normal people who are just living life as they know life to be. Now many theories agree with Sigmund Freud that most personality development happens and is driven at the unconscious level of the psyche. Many practicing psychologists currently want to avoid being associated with the psychoanalytical approach and it is no longer used in counseling spaces as much as it is deemed um, as outdated. However, it still dramatically influences the present psychology and counseling approaches. Some view Sigmund Freud as a prominent figure in the psychoanalysis and others respect him for his contributions to psychology as a whole. He still has the reputation for having the most outrageous ideas about personality development. Now, um, in this episode, I explain the psychoanalytical approach to personality development by summarizing the key characteristics, the value this approach provides in counseling, and the current critiques against the psychoanalytical approach. Now, Freud theorized that humans were unaware of what drives their behavior, mainly because he believed that personality development occurred at the conscious level of the mind. The first of his theories was that we have life instincts called eros, which led through the libido and we also had death instincts called thanatos, which were transformed into aggressive behaviors. The eros ensured the species survival while the thanatos represented each human's destructive nature. He introduced the unconscious mind, theorized the Freudian slips, and introduced his theory of sexuality. The unconscious mind form part of the three structures of his personality theory. These levels included the conscious, the pre-conscious, and the unconscious, which are the id, which is primitive, and the superego, which guides moral values taught through by parents, and the ego, which is the reality principle. 
The unconscious mind houses the id and part of the superego. The preconscious mind is where we'd find the superego and the ego forming part of the conscious mind. These three levels caused constant conflict for the individual. This conflict was regulated by the ego, which would become stronger as the child developed, and this would then reveal itself as the child's personality into adulthood. In his later essays, Freud introduced a stage of psychosexual developmental stages of personality. This was one of the most controversial theories and caused a major split in the neo-Freudian psychologists such as Carl Jung. These stages were based on the erogenous zones which followed each other in a specific order according to a child's age. From birth to adolescence, a child's personality development solely depends on what he experiences. This theory was mostly based on boys' developmental behaviors and less on girls' behaviors. However, he did try to explain what happens to girls around the time of the phallic and latency stages. The first stage was the oral stage, which was from about birth until about 18 months. Um, and this stage was based on the activities that are done through the mouth. The baby's activity is around this area as they suck, bite and chew on, on primary sources that provide pleasure linked to survival. This stage is followed by the anal stage caused by rules that parents would enforce on a child about where and how they would defecate through toilet training. These rules interfere with the child's pleasure from the freedom to evacuate their bowels at will. During the phallic stage, which is between three to six years old, moving to the genital stage, the child learns to start identifying with same-sex parents and unconsciously desire to possess the opposite sex parent. Now, sublimation occurs during the latency stage between the ages of about six to the onset of puberty, where sexual drives actually stop. The last stage happens during puberty, and the last psychosexual phase is called the genital stage. This is when, according to Freud, the resurfacing of sexual instincts lead to attraction towards the opposite sex. According to Freud, all these stages must be completed for an adult to have an ideal personality. If not, fixations would form part of a person's personality, such as overeating, smoking, nail biting, aggression, excessive competitiveness, and anal retentive personalities. To cope with the conflict that takes place in a person's mind during development, Freud believed that we would use defense mechanisms to resolve this conflict. Now, Martin explains defense mechanisms as a form of lying to ourselves through these mechanisms. Freud's daughter, Anna Freud, further explains and summarizes a long list of these defense mechanisms. The main ones include repression, rationalization, and projection, where we use our sensory mechanisms to push experiences into the unconscious, 
device excuses for failures or project our characteristics onto others. Now, the most valuable contribution to this theory of the unconscious mind, his theory on childhood development has contributed immensely to developmental psychology. And its most famous contribution of Freud is in the space of talk therapy, which currently forms the main basis of psychotherapy through free association. The methodology of allowing patients to talk while conscious about their mental health revolutionized psychology and psychiatry. Freud's views on human nature brought the biology to psychology and married how biology influences human personality development. The attachment styles referred to during the psychosexual stages are theorized to mediate between biology and behavior. Now in the counseling space, the psychoanalytical approach aims to achieve equilibrium and help clients fully control their harmful impulses originating from their unconscious. According to Summers Flanagan and Summers Flanagan 2015, also emphasizes the importance of reality-based principles that encourage adaptability, the development of healthy relationships and the reduction in rigidity and perfectionism that adults may suffer from. The main application for the psychoanalytical approach are conversion disorder, anxiety disorders, obsessive disorders, depression, paranoia, and sexual perversions. Now, what are the current critiques that are labeled against the psychoanalytical approach? Freud's theories have contributed significantly to mental health studies, research, research and practice. However, as one of the most controversial psychotherapists in recent history, his theories have also been criticized significantly. He placed too much emphasis on the sexual drives that led to specific outcomes. His theories are said to be too deterministic without any flexibility or consideration of the possibility of one deviating. His perceptions of women as, in, as inferior to men based on the lack of a penis is another one that has been criticized. He believed that women do not develop a strong superego. He could not specifically prove his theories, mainly because he analyzed adults about their childhood experiences. Usually decades after development, Freud's developmental stages stopped at puberty, not explaining what happens after this period. This means that in his own view, whatever happens before and including puberty remains who you will be for the rest of your life unless you receive his treatment to resolve the unconscious conflicts. The psychoanalytical approach is challenging, especially in Africa, where discussions about sexuality are unacceptable. His theory is also limited to nuclear family structures that, uh, structures that may not apply in many other cultures, predominantly African, where the child is raised by the extended family and the community at large, 
creating attachment styles to other figures and not just the mother and the father. And finally, his theories have been criticized as too individualistic and Western. He did not consider how families and societies raise their children in other continents. Now, in closing, I'd like to say that Freud's conception of who we are and how we behave is no longer as useful as it used to be. His theories do represent, through his basic principles of the psychoanalytical theory, psychology as we know it, the most influential belief he had about the unconscious is cited in other personality development theories and this is one of his key concepts. So at the moment, perhaps we should not dismiss him too quickly, but his theories are really questionable. And yeah, so thank you so much for joining me today and uh, thank you for listening till the end. I will see you next time with another episode of season two. Cheers for now. Lots and lots of love.